Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 41. I'm Jack. I'm Adam. I'm Jay. And we're going to talk tonight about victory in the North London derby, which I will never, ever get tired of sitting with you guys and talking about <laughs> beating that other lot up the road. And um, before we come on to that, we do, we're going to talk about Bournemouth quickly, just because there are a couple of games for us to, to review. Um, but I don't think there's a huge amount really to say about the Bournemouth oh. game, because it was utterly horrific in every department, other than the fact that we somehow managed to keep a clean sheet. Where, where, where do you think it went wrong? <laughs> I don't think we've got enough time, have we? Didn't um, have a chance to go right, did it? There was no positivity, no yeah. heart, no passion. Just a dead rubber, wasn't it? It just looks so predictable. Every, every, every time we got ball, we were moving it forward. They just knew exactly where we were, exactly what we were doing. We'd pass it out wide. They were they were there. Through the middle, they were there. They were very well drilled and very organised. And as, as as they showed yesterday, they're pretty good. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, they tailed up and they're where, pretty good. Where we struggled for me in the Bournemouth game was the front three that played behind Kane was really three wingers, wasn't it? We didn't really have a, a, a ball playing attack, attack minded guy in there. So it's sort of like we get the ball to the final third and then nobody would really have a clue what to do with it. And I, I just thought our attacking patterns were very, very predictable. Like I reckon we could have probably played as a back three. And we'd have been able to contain it. Like it, it, they, it was pretty poor. Um, I would have been furious if I'd have been a Bournemouth fan though, because I mean we were there for the take in that game. We really, for the last 15 minutes, like I would have thought Bournemouth would have thrown absolutely everything at us to try and win, given their situation. But they yeah. didn't. It was nil nil. It was just it, it. It wasn't great. But I mean, thankfully we had the Arsenal game days after, it, where you know if you can't get yourself for that game, you need your head checking. Well, they they, they had a, they had a real go, didn't they? And and actually, I, I still think we should we should have had that penalty. We we all think we all know that 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 should have been a penalty for okay. with with Josh King bundling Kane down in the first ten minutes. That that was as clear as day, really. Didn't they even come out and say that it was a an incorrect VAR decision. Yeah, the Premier League said, didn't they, that they there were three incorrect VAR decisions <laughs> from that from that week, which is just like, what is going on? It's like, yeah. I don't know. VAR is so controversial and it yeah. divides fans all the time. And it's like, I'm all for technology in clearing issues that are black or white. It's like, has the ball crossed the line? Yes or no? Those decisions, I'm all for VAR. But these ones, it's just sort of like it. For me, it should always be down to the referee on the pitch making the decision. Pretty much like, you know, cricket use technology fantastically. And if there's any kind of doubt, they go with the on-field official. And it's like, I still can't quite grasp why football aren't going down that route. And I know initially they were worried about, you know, crowds influencing decisions when a ref goes over to pitch sub and all that. There's no crowds at the minute. It seems like a perfect time to be getting that in for next season um, yeah i just think it, it was a it was a real head scratcher and it's like i think as fans right all we want is consistency with decisions and it's like you've either got to get to a point where every incident like that is given or every incident isn't given and then we yeah. can't own but yeah. you know you watch a game an hour and a half later and there's the same thing and a penalty is given you just think how have we not got that decision yeah but now we've opened that pandora's box of var we can't shut it yeah no. if you can't you can't say we're going to go with the letter of the law and follow it and then go back to the referee's decision. It's, it's a matter of how we apply it now, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. like I say. I think cricket do it well because you can almost you can you can hear the the guy bossing around the cameraman, can't you? And yeah. Through this, so maybe that 
maybe that's an option to have well, especially for the viewers at home to have that audio would be brilliant you know i don't know if you could get to a point in the ground where it's played but especially if people watching on the telly it's like you just want to know what they're making their decision based on and it's yeah. like everything's just a mystery with VAR, isn't it? It doesn't particularly have to be that way. Um, but it, I mean, it was the most clear-cut penalty you, you're ever going to see in a game. It was just, I was, couldn't believe it when, when they didn't give it. And they didn't even spend any time reviewing it, did they? It was just like, Kane went down, you saw the replay, and you're like, oh, that's a penalty. And then the ref's just playing on. It was it was really, really strange. And and, and there, 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 was that, there was that big FIFA meeting earlier this week as well, um, where in which they, they had, VAR was top of the agenda. Um, and 20 plus nations are talking about their application, their introduction, their experience of VAR, and all of them are really positive about it. The only one that wasn't was us. And I think there's something quite unique in the way we are deploying it. We are, um, the, and and I, th- I think I think because it's it, it's a bigger panel, and there is a there the the the, the conversation on on Sky. Um, which I sort of inclined to agree with. There, there is a, a bit of a club amongst those Premier League league refs, and there is a reluctance to overrule their mates. Yeah, is what they is where they arrived at. But w- how can we be so different to every other league in our application of this technology? They're all on, on that same note, though. I saw a, I saw a, a, a joke earlier. I thought I'd share. It said um, it was set about four o'clock, and it said. Oli Gulli Solskjaer has announced that Fernandez will take the 45th and 46th penalty for Man United this evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that was ridiculous. That one as well. I mean, it was just, you know, they're they're, they're being gifted results with VAR. Um, but it's, I mean, it's just, well anyway. Look, it was a really dour game. Um, Jose took J- Jose didn't take the right game to that to that game to 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 to, to Bournemouth. Uh, we should have played with with more flair. Uh, Winks was really disciplined. Harry Winks could have played the extra man. He's got a pass if he bothers to deploy it, and not and not just backwards. Um, but but there should have been more imagination. Uh, I agree, mate. And I think for me, it's not about the fact it was nil nil because it's the Premier League. You don't expect to win every game four nil. It was the lack of heart, lack of passion. Yeah, and I think that's where. The fans are getting a bit of the ump, even bef- because of Jose. Yeah. Jose, Jose, whatever. Because it's we're used to seeing passion now at Tottenham, aren't we? We're used to seeing players stretch their legs and look for the for that extra pass yeah. or beat that extra man. And I think whether the players are, I don't know, not happy about not showing that passion. It certainly showed something in that game, wasn't it? That you just no spark in the eyes, and I think that <laughs> that we all pay to go and watch football. We also all our passion, so we want to see yep. people try the hardest. And he, you almost think he's doing the iron fist at the moment, isn't he? Sort of saying, look, play by the rules, stay in the zone that I tell you to stay in. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to come off. We're not going to play. Yeah. yeah, it was just very timid, wasn't it? In terms of how we attacked, how we defended, it was just it was very reactive and it was just quite weak, wasn't it? And you, you're right what you say as a fan, you know, you just want to see your team fight and give their all. And it's like if you're beaten by a side that are better, 
often I can deal with that. It's when you're out full and they're scrapping and running more and they just want to. That's when it becomes infuriating as a supporter watching it. Um, but we didn't get beat. You know, we got we got the draw. It wasn't a great result. It wasn't a great performance. But what we can say is the reaction against Arsenal couldn't it couldn't have been more opposite in my opinion than what the Bournemouth game was, especially after conceding the goal after 16, 17 minutes, whatever it was, the absolute worldie that Lacazette scored. Um, you know, at that point when it went one 0 I was then thinking, oh, you know, this is we're all going to be in for a tough game now. But you know, we hit back straight away, and I, I actually thought that we looked really, really dangerous going forward, and we played a slightly different system, didn't we, against Arsenal? And, and he went to a four four two. Yeah. He put Sissoko on the right, and he played Sun in behind Kane through the middle, which. You know, those two linking up was excellent. Really, really good. I actually thought that Son had one of the best games he's had for a long time, as did Lucas Moura. The two of them, they, it just felt like they were absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Um, we pressed from the front. We let them have the ball at certain stages and we're happy to sit in. And that is something that I'm still getting used to because that's not something that we've done over the last five or six years. But... I thought we looked relatively comfortable, especially yeah. in the first half. Um, like I said, it was vital that we, we equalised as quickly as we did. Um, because obviously the longer that goes on, you're behind, the harder it is to get back into the game. But Sonny took the goal absolutely brilliantly. Um, you know, because of, you watch it and you think, oh, that's easy. You know, he's been played by the defender. He's still got a lot to do, son. Um, you know, to, to firstly get there ahead of Louise, take the ball one, dink it over the keeper. It was a brilliant bit of play. Well, you didn't question it, though, did you? Because you knew that, that he was on it. Because from yeah. minute one, he had to lick on Mustafi. And he was he had the opportunity to stretch his legs and, and make those runs. And that's what he does. He makes intelligent runs. And we've yeah. got the players that will find the ball, give him the ball. So yeah. the minute he got that half a chart, you knew it was it was onion bag. So that was that was a nice... Yeah, little Bournemouth was forgotten for a little while, wasn't it? We were all, uh, all happy again. It was, it was, and I think I think it's always going to be. Bournemouth was always going to be a tough game. They're very physical. Um, they're fighting for their lives. They've got some very very big, skillful, defensive-minded players. Um, Arsenal just haven't got that. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal are the least defensive, defensively strong team we've met so far um, since the restart. Um, and I think we we played two up top because we knew we we could. Um, and I think. We, we we played with more flair because they let us actually. They couldn't get near us at times. Um and I think playing two up top was was wonderful. I'd like to see it more. Mm-hmm. Um I mean we were still, you know, every restart from, from the keeper, still going long, still weren't winning any still wasn't winning anything in the middle. And you should you should be playing a bit more close. I was hoping they'd they'd sort of play a bit more off each other and a bit closer together yeah. for those knockdowns. That still wasn't. There was a lot of niggles like that that still got me, but but over and above, we we were still much more positive. There was there was a clear mandate to shoot on sight. Yeah, well, we saw that after about 25 seconds, didn't yeah. we? In the first half, Lucas Moore got him bang and oh, it was straight at the keeper. Straight away, you were like tails were up in the final third. Exactly. Well, the tackles were flying in as well, which was lovely to see. Yeah, but Jay, your point your point there, Jay, about we do we we are going long a lot more. I think it's a case of. We, we've got to strike the balance, haven't we? Yeah. In, in everything we're doing at the moment, I think under Parch, we, <clears> would, <throat> we would never go long. Absolutely never. It wasn't even an option. 
under Jose, we're going long from the keeper at pretty much every opportunity we've got. And I think with both styles, you've got to try and find a way of being able to do both. And I don't mind it at the moment, us being yeah. a bit direct, because especially against Arsenal, because, you know, you look, you look at that back three, it makes sense to put them under pressure as much as you can. Where I think we will come a little bit unstuck playing like that is when you're up against your Burnleys and your Brightons who've got six foot four centre-halves who will just eat that up all day long. I think it's just, we've just got to strike that balance a little bit. Um, yeah. But I was just so pleased about how quickly we did play forward. And I thought Winks and Lacelso in the middle, and I'll be honest, when I saw the team sheet, I was a little bit nervous about just having those two in the middle because they're good footballers, but they're not the biggest, they're not the strongest, they're not the quickest. I was a little bit nervous that we might get overrun in there, but I actually thought that the two of them played really, really well. And Sissoko backed them up brilliantly from the right-hand side. You know, The amount of covering work that he did, covering all Ray, which he had to do for 90 minutes, and then helping them out in the middle. I, I, I think it was easy to ignore Sissoko because he didn't do a great deal in terms of influencing the game with the ball. But for me, what he brought in that system was vital for us to, to get the result. He helped not he well he he and Ben Davis on the other side and Moore on the other side helped nullify their fullbacks. Yeah. Um who are who are dangerous as hell, aren't they? I think Tierney and uh, what's his name? Pretty boy. Bellerin, yeah, pretty boy. Yeah. Bellerin came on, didn't he? They started with someone else, didn't they? To start with. Um and but I, I bet they're outstanding if they're given space and they weren't, you yeah. know. And 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 to see Mora and Sissoko tracking right back as well as getting forward. That 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 play, playing on the right actually afforded, you know, for the first time I started seeing um, Sissoko maraud up front, you know, and get get right up there. And I think that that's where we want to see a bit more of Musa Sissoko, not just not just, not just stuck in front of the back four. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's he's excellent, isn't he? When he's got the ball and he and he's got space in front of him, and he can carry it. Like he drives yeah. the ball. His final product is always going to be questionable, right? It's just it's, yeah. it's not part of his game. But where he is really good is, we you know, pressing from the front, winning the ball in midfield and driving us 20, 30 yards forward with it. And again, I thought he did that really well. And to a man, I thought they all played really, really well. I thought Aurier was shaky, especially in the first half. And it wasn't great defending on the goal. Um, and we know, obviously, that I'm not a massive fan of him. But... I thought collectively we defended Arsenal pretty well because, you know, you look at that front three of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe, that, that's quite a formidable front three. And yeah. Loris probably had one or two saves to make. You know, I know Aubameyang hit the bar, but... He made uh, one world, didn't he, off Aubameyang at the half? Yeah, 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 but yeah. I, I felt more comfortable than I normally do when we're defending against Arsenal. Usually, I just it feels like they're going to score every attack. Yeah. Um, but it just felt like we had them under a bit more control. The centre halves were excellent as well. You know, all of that. Do you think the Toby being back in the loop is oh, bringing a lot of that yeah. sort of belief and Definitely. comfort in defence again? Definitely, he's just he's such a class player. He really is, and I think that yeah. I think that you know he's obviously had his hands tied with the dire suspension, but Sanchez dealt fantastically with the mobility of the Arsenal front three um, because he's a quick boy, Sanchez. And then Alderweireld was just marshalling the back four, wasn't he? It was like he was in control of every situation. It, it's just it seemed like he had so much time. You know, it was a little bit Ledley-esque watching him in that game, where it just it looked too easy for him. 
Um, he was outstanding. And to top off with the with the winner as well, which was a fantastic header. Yeah. Really, really great. Get, getting up, he wanted it more than the man that was marking him. Bang, back of the net. And you know what? We have looked a lot more dangerous from set plays the last four or five games than yeah. really I can remember for a long time. Sonny's been on them, hasn't he? And he's, he's been whipping them in with pace rather than, you know, Ericsson used to try and float them in, didn't he? Or hit sure. them in at, and it would always hit the first man. It was like we everything that we, that it, well, from from what I can see, what Jose's been working on with that team has been defensive shape and how to deal with set pieces in your own box and the opposition box. And I think on those fronts, yeah, we are we are seeing things going in the right direction. There is still work to be done for me in terms of overall approach to games, especially against teams that we're better than. But it does feel like that Arsenal game and beating them is a massive step in the right direction. Now, had we lost that game, I mean, do you just dread to think what the fan base would have been like? We were very lucky with Serge, I think. Um, he gave, I think I think he was responsible for that. This, go, going in and committing on um, on Xhaka the way he did, losing the ball like that to Lacazette, unacceptable. Um, dodged a, he, what, he suffered there. Uh, but dodged a massive bullet on on letting Aubameyang loose for when he hit the bar. Yeah, he was too narrow. Didn't see Aubameyang out out behind him. Um, should have been it's out there. All too regularly as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just and and, and twi- twi- twice twice Aurier didn't get to Aubameyang. First time he hit the bar. Second time Lloris saved in the second half. Mm. Um, and I think I think I think we got very lucky. And look, very very sad what happened to him uh, with his with his with his. With his with his brother losing his life um, overnight. I mean, that is a, for that to happen to anyone, really appalling. But, you know, I was calling for, for, for Jaffet to come on at halftime. I thought, I thought he just, if we, if he stays on the, on the pitch, he's going to be a liability today. And I think we got very lucky in, in, in the fact that. Sessignon play on the left. Is he an option to bring it, bring in? Um, no, I think Sessignon's a really, really left-sided player, isn't he? Left footed. I think you're going to want Sessignon in an, in attacking positions at the moment. The point the point he's at in his career, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe against certain opposition, you could play him as a left back or a left wing back. But I'd, I'd have been nervous him coming on against Arsenal. Um, yeah. But it's a chance for Tanganga. You would assume this week anyway to have a couple of get a couple of games under his belt. I know he's been injured, but I assume that he he, he can play now. Because obviously you wouldn't expect Aurier to be available this week, given the family bereavement. So obviously there'll be an opportunity for somebody to come in a right back now, stake a claim. Will that be Tanganga? Will it be? You know, is it is it Harvey White, the youngster, the young fullback? That you know, there's talk that Mourinho is a big fan of him. Will he drop Sissoko in there? It'd be interesting to see what he does Wednesday night. Um, but thankfully we we had enough to beat Arsenal, and it was just it, it was just it, I've, I can't I don't think you can underestimate how big it is to beat them and I'm definitely not bragging about the fact that we've gone above them into seventh because the league campaign's been horrific but when you play them you just want to beat them nothing else matters league position all that so it goes out the window you just you just want to beat do you them. do you think do you think Jose knew that to a certain extent because he's he is he's won everything that needs to be won he's a he's, he's a winner he's a champion he he's got a, an amazing CV but he's also got a taint to him that has this defensive part of the bus mentality, whatever. Mm. Do you think that he brings that to the dressing room on these big games? He brings that extra X factor to be able to 
provide either that tactical now or that bit of motivation to the players to step up for the big occasion. Because I do think that was, although I love Poch and I don't want to sit here and mug him off at all, there was a feeling on some of the bigger games that we were maybe batting a bit above our league. And I think Jose won't stand for that. He'll actually say to him, look, you may have had a crap game against Bournemouth. The fans, you're not doing the fans well. Do what you need to do, but beat Arsenal. Yeah. Because it was such an important thing for us, that game. Yeah. I mean, we're not finishing the season well. Yeah. We're the the morale is down, the players are tired. We're yeah. not we're not we're used to, you know, top four pushing upwards. Yeah. Fans I mean, and even as players. And I think that we've got to remember that has an effect on the players as well, because if you're pushing for top four, you find that extra ten, twenty percent because you yeah. know you're top of your game. And I think if if he, I think he's got the capability to provide that extra tactical nous and, and and um, which will stand as in really good stead for the future, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You're absolutely right, Adam. And I think I think the the point he made in the uh, program, I think, was a particularly powerful one. You know, for Arsenal, you've got you've got to adopt the skin of your fans. You've got you you've got to take on the spirit of your fans, and and just understand for a minute what it means to to your fans. And that and that kind of, you know, I think. We can't deny Pochettino had a rally cry and a war cry. For him, it was it was it was very tribal. There was a lot of talk of war and battle and fight. Uh, big cojones. Yeah. Uh, but but I think I think I think Mourinho does 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 have another way of of, of getting under the skin of players, um, getting into their psyche. Um, it's proven. Um, he also has an aura of a winner, which Pochettino, I'm, I'm sorry to say, will never have on, on in the same level. Um, so it, it, it's going to carry more impact. What yeah. players do you feel that he's he's going to add that extra? Because Poch definitely did that with a lot of our players, didn't it? He? he managed to add an extra 10, 20, even 30 percent to a lot of them. What yeah. players do you think are going to have that same effect with Mourinho? Well, I... I'm a little bit torn on it, to be honest, because I think that the the question you asked at the start of that, Adam, about is Mourinho going to bring that extra, you know, bit of know-how? I think that's why he was brought in. I think that the the Spurs board were looked at it and gone, we've got a good group of players, which is a discussion in, in itself to be had, but we've got a good group of players who have almost, you know, achieved greatness over the last four or five years. You know, extremely close to winning a title, extremely close to winning the Champions League multiple semi-finals you know so it's a group of players that can get to the line but what do we need that can get us over that line and I think that they'll you know the way Levy's always always ran Spurs he's never going to invest a huge amount of money you know we might have some money to spend if we if we sell but I think largely Jose's going to be working with a lot of these players for the next couple of seasons there'll be some that that he buys there'll be some that he sells of course there will but I think that they have looked at him to be that person to, to get us over the line as opposed to let's go in the, into the market and spend 200 million and get a couple of players that can maybe do it. I think that they'll be thinking everywhere he's gone, he's got over the line. I've already got the players here to get me there. He can be the person that can just, you know, finish it all off for us. So time will tell whether or not that happens. Um, but it's that's half a season as well. We've got to remember that, isn't it? That's it. That's exactly it. And it, I think 
when you have such a big change and it's like whenever a manager leaves a football club there's going to be a big change but we're going from Pochettino to Mourinho which yeah. is complete opposite ends of the the scale in every single thing you can imagine so everything about the football club's changing from the style to the culture eventually to to some of the players everything about it so for us to really be sitting here and judging it based on results after six months you know we can't and I bet if we'd have gone back and listened to what we were saying after the first six months of Pochettino we would have hopefully would have been saying the same stuff we've got to give the we've got to give him time and I think that with Mourinho we're going to have to do that we've all got to adapt to what this style of football now is going to be but for me it the dream as a supporter right is to have amazing free-flowing football and to be winning games. That is the ultimate, right? The pinnacle that you that you can have. But for me, as long as we're getting one of the two, I'm relatively happy. And if we're yeah. playing brilliant football and I'm going and being entertained and we're not quite getting the results, I can put up with that. If we're playing not particularly great football, which is the case at the moment, but we're getting the results, again, I can put up with that. The problem, the problem's when you end up with neither, right? And you end up with AVB or you end up with what the Bournemouth game was. Yeah. So for me, if... If Jose can give us one of those two things, I will be relatively happy. And history is, is, will say he will give you the results. It might not be pretty, but he'll give you the results. So, yeah. again, like I said, time will tell. But we do. You're right, Adam, with what you say. We do have to try and keep perspective that he's not been in the job for too long. Yeah. Um, and because we've been so good for the last four or five years, we expect success straight away because really that's what we've become accustomed to. But yeah. football doesn't doesn't work like that. But no, for me, no. I'm starting to see signs of a Jose team, whether or not you you know you like that or not. I'm starting to see those signs in terms of the shape of the side. Um, yeah. We are looking better defensively. If you just just looking at the statistics, we're looking better there. We've got a lot of work to do, Jose particularly in terms of going forward. But it's not a bad problem to be having at the moment. Do, do you know what, though? This is maybe a bit controversial, but I don't adhere to this Jose team, Malarkey. I think he is clever enough and big enough to to play attractive football and win as well. You look at he is some of the, the, the team, the Inter Milan team he had, the Chelsea team he had to some extent, with Lampard banging in 33 yeah. goals a season. They, they did play, they scored some lovely goals, played some lovely flowing football, some great games that we remember. I think that at the moment, the difference that we're seeing is, is making it seem as though there's a negativity, but he's having to go in there and say, he hasn't got a, a, hold, a proper holding midfield. He's got Winks, who's, who's great tactically and will do what he's told, but he's not as strong as Mourinho mm. needs for one of his players. He's not the Matic or the Makaleli, which he, yeah. he bases his team on. And I think he's having to go into the team and say, right, you're all footballers, you've done well, but I've got to bring your ego down. I've got to knock you down in order to rebuild you up in my way. Because that's what he does, isn't it? He's, he's that yeah. confident in what he's doing that he will knock players down. And I think that it's going to hurt some players. And some players will leave. Maybe even the big ones. Maybe even Kane's son's starting to look a bit you know, some of the looks, some of the arguments with Lloris and whatnot, he's not the happy-go-lucky chap that we're used to. And so some players may not react to it well, but I think you're right. The, the, the board have made the decision, Mourinho, in the long run, and there will be chopping and changing. But I don't know, I've just got... I think he has found a team in us that he can mould to be his ideal team. 
when he took on Chelsea and Man United um, and even Real Madrid, he was dealt with the cards he was dealt with, and, and he didn't. The players had so much power, and the club had so much power yeah. that he could only instill his management style and whatnot. I think yeah. he will be able to grow what he does with us, and I'm, I'm confident about it. And I'm, yeah, I'm quite positive about him. And and just 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 on that, yeah, and you're absolutely right. He he is extremely adaptive to what he's got, and I. Would you can you honestly say if he was still at United with Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford and Martial the playing the way they are, he'd still be he'd still be he'd still be achieving Dow one ones. Cool. No. Yeah. You know you don't, I, do you? I think that that's that's the that's the beauty that you you don't know. Um don't know. But he 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 blooded Scott McTominay and now McTominay is is bossing it. And I think I think when you look at that side um, that that side could easily be Mourinho in the middle um, running it, and I think what what he's been dealt with with us is a side that hasn't been invested in for a long time, uh, a bunch of signings that still aren't his. You know, he even came out and publicly publicly said Stevie Bergwin's not his player, didn't choose Stevie Bergwin, um, but he had a lot of time for him, so 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 went went with the chairman's decision on that one. I hope we actually get a chance to see what. Um, some signings that are his. Ndombele, I'm sure we've talked about Ndombele. We've talked a lot about Ndombele. The fact he's still not getting games. I think he's gone. I, I, I really do. I think I think he's gone. We said this about Sissoko, didn't we? Sissoko wasn't Pochettino's player. Sissoko eventually became a player. Two seasons on. Yeah, it's just I, mad. I think the I think the problem with with that comparison is Jose is so ruthless, isn't he? And it's like it, it, with Poch, he did have that side to him, but there, he was more of a nurturer, wasn't he? Whereas Jose yeah. is a ruthless. No, you're not for me. You're gone. There, there'll be no messing about. Um, I and just think he does cuddle him, players like Ali as well, though, doesn't he? He's not all carrot. He's carrot and stick. Yeah. I think if you look at any form of management or any form of life, some people are going to take a lot. I, I, for one example, if someone says you can't do something. I'm going to try double R to do it. But if yeah. someone keeps, you know, patting me on the bum and saying, keep going, well done, Tyndall, I'm going to take my foot off the pedal a little bit. So yeah. I, I think it, there is horses for courses to that extent. He does do it in public, though, which you're right. It's, I don't agree with that. But no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's his way. We're not going to change that. I mean, did you see his Instagram post this morning? Is this of Harry Kane in his pants? He did it. He did it. He did a sort of video panoramic. Of, of the changing room. It didn't look like the normal changing room. It looked massive. They're, they're in the NFL one, aren't they, at the moment? The NFL one. It's, yeah. it's, it's, like a, it's like a hall. It's like a bloody hall. Yeah. Enormous. It's like and the size of one of your lounges, Jay, at home. I think. Yeah. It's the size of my palace. Um, and then, but then he catches Harry Kane in his pants, just sat there in his pants. Pochettino's um, not going to do that. I just... Uh, <laughs> I, I, love, I love from that that the way Harry Kane was celebrating the North London Derby win was just sitting in his pants in the changing room. It's like of all the ways to celebrate, that's how he's going to do it. Brilliant. On his own as well. Was, by that time, it was empty. Everyone, everyone else, all the other players had gone. It was just budget, it was just Harry Kane there. He was probably um, upset he hadn't scored, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, look, it was it was brilliant for us to get that win. Like I said, I will never ever get tired of, of beating that lot. Um, so to have done it, and the fact it was the first derby in the new ground as well, <laughs> so brilliant. And hopefully, you know, we can continue that that run this week. Now, before we preview the games that we've got this week, um, 
we're just going to do a little bit about our positional feature. So we've done goalkeepers, we've done defenders. So this week we're each going to pick a midfield that we like and, and talk a little bit about them. So Adam, if I come to you first, who is your midfielder of choice? And, and tell us a little bit about why you've picked them. Yeah, well, as, as, as ever, I'm cheating a little bit and I've got two I, I want to mention. Um, the obvious one is Gareth Bale. Um, that raw pace and being able to carry the ball and beat defenders and score crucial goals just will made as world-class by having that world-class talent and seeing him turn in from a, a dodgy left back to a world-class talent was was just beautiful to watch um, and I feel privileged to have seen him live and and that will stay with me um, but the one that really appealed to my heart was Sandro I think is a, is a big fan's favourite obviously because he wore his heart on his chest and had a similar Mohican style which I'm donning at the moment but <laughs> but I think yeah, just watching him, not knowing what he's going to do next and having the just the passion of beating players up, but also trying to find the, the final ball or hitting it from 40 yards. I just, yeah, for me, Sanjo, it was just a pleasure to watch and enjoyable. Brilliant. The, the, he, he, he immediately became one of my favourites because yeah. he, he was so, because of his aggression, and that and that nickname, the Beast, just <laughs> just completely stuck. Just it just made sense, didn't it? And you know, I think I think he was outstanding. I loved him to bits. Just made of made of glass, though. Just always injured, wasn't he? But um, but loved him to bits. Thought thought we sold him too quickly, too early. Has he got a QPR? Was that really It's QPR. Why why now? <laughs> we, we could easily get another season out of him, but obviously. I won't ruin the Sandro talk too much because I honestly never understood that. I never saw it. Just never, never got it with Sandro at all. When you saw something else, can you imagine being on the same team as him in the dressing room? And it'll be a a pleasure to play with because you know he's going to win the tackle and put in the hard hard slog. But also, he's going to have a giggle and have a pint with you afterwards. I think he's a yeah, be a great teammate. He definitely, he definitely came across as if he'd be a good teammate. But, in, you know, in terms of what I saw on the pitch, I just saw a midfielder that passed to the opposition all the time. But, yeah, but got anyway, red cards. <laughs> yeah, anyway. um, Jay, how about you? Who's your who's your midfielder or midfielders of choice that you'd like to talk a little bit about? Um, of all time, it has to be Moussa Dembele. Um, uh, and you, you, you put him right up there, do you, in terms of the right midfielders there. you've seen first? He's, he's he's quite unlike any other midfielder of my lifetime. Um, I mean, right. if he if he'd have played in the eighties, nineties, we'd have won a lot more. And I think he was was part of a nucleus that that that, that saw us reach unassailable heights. And I think um, it was an amazing coup that we got him. I think we paid we paid good money for him. I remember him scoring on his debut, and I thought, wow, we've got a player here. Ended up not actually scoring that much, playing a lot deeper. Um, when he did score, he scored amazing goals. But really, it wasn't about the goals. It was about the way he could win the ball, shield the ball, draw draw in the opposition. He'd have two or three of the opposition hanging off him. Um, create space for everyone else. And all of a sudden, you've got a clear midfield for anyone else to run into and everyone else to run into. Yeah. Um, and, and his ability on the ball... Some of his some of his skills were lethal, laughable. You know, he'd make a mockery of it with his with Should his he little. Should he score more goals, though, Jay? 
Well, he was played. He was played too deep in the end. I think you know he he, he had he had shackles on, and I think if where you've got a team like Bournemouth last week, very hard to pick that lock. I often I often I often want I I, I urged Pochettino to play him further forward just to pick that lock, edge of the box, mm. find 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 a bit of unbelievable skill and 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 get past a couple of defenders and unlock some space. <laughs> he, he could have done that. I still think. And Dombele can do that. We've only in in our squad only Tongi and Dombele can has that skill, has that close ball control um, to get to get through a tight defence. Eleven men on the edge of the box. Um, and I and when we signed Ndombele, I saw shades of Moussa Dembele. Um, but I think just that aggression that he had um, was. Was 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 a joy, and every time you saw him on the on on the sheet, you're hoping he wouldn't get injured. Um, but when he played, I mean, I, I just one one outstanding performance I remember. I, I went to this game with Don actually, uh, the Man United game where we beat them two one two one two nil um, at Wembley, um, and uh, Pogba couldn't get near him. Yeah, yeah. And every time Pogba got the ball, he just got nobbled. Yeah. And and Pogba, I remember Pogba closing down on our goal. Dembele got to him, tackled him, destroyed him, and just just carried the ball another thirty yard, forty yard forward. And it was just, just. He's a brilliant player, absolutely brilliant player. And I think that the the compliment you can pay Dembele is there's not a style of football that he couldn't do. So I mean, he literally had everything. He, he was up for the battle when you're playing Stoke. But then, you know, if you're playing Barcelona and it's beautiful football, he can do that. He literally was the most complete footballer that, that there is around. And it's just, there's always the thing, isn't there? Oh, you know, we didn't replace Dembele when he left. For me, you, there's some players you just can't replace them. It's just, they're just too good. Yeah. Well, the t- the, no one's got that turn. And and I think that's one of the reasons I think he was injured a lot. I think I think the pressure that 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 turn with that size is going to put on your joints. His ankles were were shot by the end. Sure. I still and back to my point. I still hope um, Ndombele can provide that skill, that ability to draw players in, win, find space um, in a packed midfield. I still think he can do that. Well, he made the difference with Ndombele. I, I, I wish the same guy. If we can get any player to to have the the skill and the attributes of, of Musa, we're laughing. But I do. And Ndombele's got more goals in him though. And for me, that will always be the problem with Ndombele is that he didn't score enough. And he didn't get forward and, 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 and take probably made Harry Kane score a lot more goals, to be fair, because he was passing and assisting. So maybe that's what it is. But I would have liked to see him. He had a belter of a right foot and he just didn't didn't do it enough. Yeah. So that's the only thing I, that I've got against Ndombele. But yeah, it was great. Joy to watch, wasn't he, in the middle? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I'd just like to talk briefly about a midfielder that, for me, when I really first started going to Spurs, which was late 90s, early 2000s, and this was a period of time where we were pretty horrific, Spurs. And if we finished in the top half, we were, you know, jumping for days about it. That that was where we were at. We didn't have many good players at the time, but we had one midfielder, David Ginola who oh. was just, I mean, what a brilliant, brilliant player that Viginella was. Like I said, especially at that time, but he was a guy for me that he played with flair. He was unpredictable. He's a type of player that when the ball 
got to him, you're out of your seat because he would make something happen. Uh, he was two-footed. He would go past defenders. He was strong. He was quick. He was just, genuinely he was just such a raw talent. And like I said, in a time where we were uh, average, to say the least, he was the player that that side looked to to create something. Yeah. Um, he's probably not the best player that we've ever had in that position, but one who at the time was as important as any player that we've arguably ever had. And I just remember a few times as a young kid being there, stood watching the game next to my dad and, you know, Ginola would do something. And we always talk about players that, you know, you see their, their name on the team sheet, you think we've got a chance. And, and he was one of them for me at that time that, you know, with Ginola out there, you always knew the team was capable of doing something. And, it, you know, it, it was just, it was brilliant to watch for those years. And for me, he was the definition of a Spurs player. Just that guy that was, you know, played with flair, unpredictable, maybe not the most consistent, but, you know, for me, he will always be one of my favourites. Like I said, maybe not the best player we've ever seen, but definitely up there. And, you know, seeing his punditry work now, you can still, we listen to him talk that he's got such a love for Spurs. And there's that connection, isn't there, between certain players in the club where it's like, yeah, they're a Spurs player. And for me, Ginola is one of them. I think I think I think that 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 turn of pace, that two-footedness, um, that ability to change the game in an instant was just I I loved him. I lo- I love the fl- I love the Gallic, Bruce Flair, Nizer, um, and he, he he was just someone to aspire to, wasn't he? When back back in the day. Yeah. Oh, everyone in the in the uh, he was certainly the one I attempted to be in the playground at school. That's for sure. <laughs> Even though I was a booting centre back, <laughs> I still try to be David Ginola. <laughs> yeah, brilliant plan. Now let's talk quickly about um, the games that we've got this week. So we've got Newcastle Wednesday night, and then Leicester at the weekend. And now Newcastle, since the restart, you know the first couple of games they look really, really dangerous, and they're picking up some great wins. They lost at Watford last time out, and seem to have hit a bit of a brick wall to be honest so I'm not quite sure what to expect from them because we've seen the good and the bad um, of Newcastle but one thing they have got in um, St Maximan is pace and and aggression in attack and you know his dribbling qualities are absolutely fantastic and he can he he really is the person that Newcastle look to um, to make things happen going forward for them but I mean other than that we should you know we should be able to beat Newcastle I know they turned us over earlier on in the season um, but we should be going there and getting three points, surely. Especially after the Arsenal game, because like Jay said earlier, the chance to play two up front really worked for us because they weren't as big and big and strong in midfield at the back. And Newcastle are a similar side to that. Yeah. Um, we we can make chances and we can exploit them. And I think you're right. We are Tottenham. We should be going to Newcastle and picking up three points. Yeah. Harry Kane is gagging to score i can expect i can expect i can see a trick from him on, on wednesday um so I'd, yeah let him loose i think like like we said earlier i think Mourinho found a bit of magic in the in the in the, in the team room um for the arsenal game and i think he'll be savvy to that and he'll try and encourage that more and build that team belief because finishing the season well this season there's not much of a gap would be brilliant and I think we need to keep that momentum going so yeah stuff them 4-0 yeah, love it Jay what do you think uh, I, I still think we're in transition um, and I think I've been very impressed with, with Stevie Bruce um, I think it'll be a draw at best oh really that's, oh, that's interesting yeah. 
Yeah. I think I, we'll stay solid at the back still, Jay, or do you think they'll um they'll they'll score? Well, they they they've always got a goal in them, Newcastle. You know, they've had a really positive uh, pop since since Stevie Bruce has come. They've been positive. Um, I just worry about us away at the moment. Yeah. I can't see him scoring, to be honest with you. That Jolinton couldn't hit a cow's ass for Banjo. And Carroll, <laughs> Toby will have him in his pocket. And I think we've got enough speed on the wings. It depends. To Tananga, to Tang, Tangaruni, whatever his name is. Tangaruni. Tangaruni. Um, I think he'll, um, yeah, he'll, he'll step up and, uh, and he'll make it, hopefully, position here. So, yeah, I've, 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 I'm confident. Cool. And then it's it's Leicester after that who are a team that have been in absolute free fall since Project Restart. You know, they were an absolute nailed on top three side, weren't they, a couple of months ago? And they've just been they've really, really struggled since we've come back to have any kind of momentum. Um they're not scoring, you know, they're leaking goals. It's just that, you know, they're they're really struggling. So that's a that's a very, very winnable game for us as well, I think, after the Newcastle one to have Leicester. Um yeah. and again I'm 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 confident going into both games this week. You know, I think the minimum would be if we can take four points, that wouldn't be too bad. But to get six would, would be excellent. So, again, I don't see any reason why, especially given how they've been playing, we can't turn that Leicester team over. Any time that we play Leicester in the next five to ten years, it should mean something more after they pulled it out of the bag and we almost won the bloody title. So, because that... Harry Kane must be sitting there against them going, right, Vardy, you done me that, that year. And that's got to mean something, you know, it's got to, they've got history. So, yeah. Well, they have, they hate us. Um, I'd love to be at that. that that's, that's at home, isn't it, Leicester? Yeah. Um, Leicester, as well, with, with, with United playing and now beating Southampton um, in the live table, are now officially fifth. Um, so nothing would give me greater pleasure um, than to commit Leicester to the Europa League, mm. uh, having having been right up there uh, for most of the season and for a short period actually challenging Liverpool, um, they've been in free fall. So let's let's commit them to, to to Europa League football. They'll be mortified. I'm just gutted I'm not there. They, they're the chopsiest group of fans, aren't they? They're weird, aren't they? They are so shouty. They hate us. They hate us. As much, you know, we should probably hate them more because, like Adam said, they they tipped us for the league that year, but yeah. we don't really care. But they're one of about six teams, aren't they, that, that rate us as their number one rivalry? You know, I mean, they all hate us. Yeah. Um, but but the weirdest one is Leicester rate us as their number one rivalry now. Really weird. And 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 they're, and they're, and they're a, a really shouty. As I said, they're so shouty. You know, the last Jeez. couple of seasons we've met them right at the end, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and it's been a right old ding dong. There's that bonkers game at Wembley, wasn't there? We won 5-4. When yes. we were, was it 2-0, 3-1? Yeah. Down. We just kept coming back. 6-5 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, yeah. it was absolutely outstanding. And the number of times they'd be right up there and then silenced and we'd be up there. And they'd been some right ding-dongs. So, so that, I mean, they'll be fighting for their life if, if Champions League is an option for them. It's arguably the biggest game up there, really, isn't it? You know, um, but let, Chelsea aren't playing that well. It feels like United are going to get a Champions League spot. Yeah. It feels like that final spot's going to be between Chelsea and Leicester. Well, it's United-Leicester on the last day as well, isn't it? So, you know, that it could end up, 
yeah, coming down to that. Um, and I think it's Chelsea Wolves as well. There's, there's, there's almost like some playoff games last game of the season. So that'd be interesting. So we've got six points to play for this week. I think we're going to have a brilliant week and we're going to take six. Adam, what do you think? Oh, yeah, six points. And I'm also going to say at least five goals for Harry Kane. <laughs> Jay, how many points? Uh, four. Four. Which one? I, have you seen what, what, what whilst we've been, um, whilst we've been uh, recording? Season ticket renewals are now open. Oh, are they? Are you going to renew, Jack? I'm definitely going to renew. Isn't it that they're asking for deposits now because we don't know what it's going to look like? Which, yeah. I mean, for me, what I've done with all of the refunds and that that we've had back, I've just left them in the ticketing account. Me too. So really, when, when they're asking for this deposit, that money's sort of already sat there. So, yeah, yeah I'll definitely be renewed. Are you spending it on takeaway and uh, bottles of wine then? <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, that's it. They're, they're after 182 quid. I've got 250 yeah. in my ticketing account. Yeah, I'm just going to do that, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's an interesting one because I know there's a lot of people, and I know you always get this when renewals come up, saying that they're not going to renew. So we'll see what happens. But I'll be there through thick and thin. I can't ever imagine. The only time I can imagine not renewing is when Spurs prices me out. Yeah, and I think they've been fair. They've 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 put mine up by about twelve quid, uh, which is not even, which is probably the best part. Not even one percent really. Um, so you know, I, you can't argue with it really. Yeah. Um, it's time now to do a quick quiz. Now, for this feature, I will give you a game that Spurs have played in the past. Um, I'll give you the score, the date, the formation that we played and about half of the Spurs starting 11. And between you, your job is going to be to try and figure out who else started for Spurs that day. So the game that we're going to do now is Spurs 1, Newcastle 4, oh. which was March 2008. So we're oh. going back. 12 years for this. Now, we played a 4-3-3 formation that day, Spurs. Now, we'll run through the teams. The goalkeeper was Paul Robinson. The right-back is a player that I'd like you to get. The left-back is a player that I'd like you to get. The first centre-back was Jonathan Woodgate. The second centre-back is a player I'd like you to get. We played three midfield. The first one was Tom Huddleston. The second one, playing slightly out of position, was Steve Malbronk. And the third one is a player that I'd like you to get. And then the three strikers were Robbie Keane, Dimitar Berbatov, and the third one I'd like you to get. So I need from you the right back, the centre back, the left back, the centre mid, and the centre forward, please. Was so Nielsen that's... the midfielder? Say that again. Nielsen. Nope. This is 2008, this. R- right back, Chorluka? Not Chorluka, but that's a good guess. Stalteri. Stalteri is also a good guess, but not quite right. This, the right back, um, we signed him from Glasgow Rangers. Hutton. Alan Hutton. Oh, God. I mean, these are dark days. You no can wonder see, we lost 4-1 there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. All that the start. Alan Hutton at right back. So I still need from you the other centre-back, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy played alongside the game. And left that back. That is the obvious guess. Wasn't Ledley King. Well, it's too early for Bassong, wasn't it? Was well, this is a guy that really in this period was centre back pretty much every week for us. He was captain for a little bit, loved by everybody. Maybe not the best centre back ever to have played for us, but everybody loved him. 
Is this pre? Is this is this is core Dawson era, isn't it? Michael Dawson. There we go. Michael Dawson was the centre half. Yeah. Um, yeah. The left back is is it's the hardest one to get, if I'm honest, because he's not he's not a left back. He's a left sided player, often played centre midfield, sometimes left mid, but was always narrow and tucked in. So it wasn't Benoit then, obviously. It wasn't, it wasn't Benoit. He came through the academy at Arsenal, um, but we signed him as a youngster, and he's now oh, Billy Ricky Town manager. What was it? Holt? Just Edinburgh. Nope, neither of those. Where's Justin Edinburgh manager? Oh, or- oh, he was at Orient, wasn't he? Actually, he was at Orient. Yeah, he's Billy Ricky Town manager. Oh God, I know, I know him. Come, we'll come, we'll come back to, we'll come back to left back. So I need the other centre midfielder. So this was a guy that was a ball winning midfielder, but was absolutely horrific in front of goal. He never scored from us. Mr. Sitter in the cup final against Chelsea. Oh. But again, for some reason, everyone seemed to love him. Zakora. <laughs> Didier Zakora. And then uh, I need the other centre forward as well. So we played, we really played in this game, played three out and out strikers. Keen, Berbatov, and wasn't Defoe. Pav? Wasn't Pav. Free Pav, I think. Uh, it's just after we'd won the, uh, the, the the Carling Cup, wasn't it? It's Carling Cup year. Not the tall Polish fella. Oh, no, you're thinking of Raziak. It wasn't him. Wasn't <laughs> he, he, this guy, you know, played for England. Aaron quite, Lennon. Quite a few occasions. No, he's an out-and-out centre-forward. He was a poacher. Oh, come on. What, Keen? Played for Charlton, then went on to play for Villa, Darren Sunderland, Darren Ben. Darren Ben. Darren ben what could have been? He could have been so beautiful, but no. He was such a great finisher, Darren Ben. He really, really was, but he just he, he didn't really do a lot else, did he? Um, just had no movement, did he? We need the left back. Which... It's quite depressing looking at some of these players, isn't it? It shows how far we've come as a club, it does. doesn't it? It does. <laughs> do have, are, there, are, there, are there any guesses on the left back, or do you want the answer? Oh, come on. Did I, he I have mean, blonde hair? He did have blonde hair. You'll kick yourself at this. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to give you the answer. Yeah. Jamie O'Hara. Oh no. Yeah, that's who I thought of. That that's why I said Lewis Holtby. They looked a bit the same, didn't they? Yeah. But you're right there, Adam. What you say that? So that team: Robinson in goal, back four of Hartland, Dawson, Woodgate, and O'Hara. Three central midfielders: Zakora, Huddleston, Malbronk, and then Bent, Berbatov, and Keane up top. Yeah. And Newcastle absolutely ran right and beat us 4-1. So, 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 so it's, we were still of a period then when, I mean, that team had four liabilities in it. If, as long as we only had three or four liabilities and the rest of them were good, <laughs> the ball, you were OK. But you just knew as a Cora or a Hutton would have a brain fart. As long as, it wasn't, as long as it wasn't lethal, as long as we didn't concede a goal or concede possession that led to a goal, having a couple of donkeys in there was all right. <laughs> now we can't carry Serge Aurier. You know, having one donkey is not is, is one too many. <laughs> I mean, that team is just, it's just dreadful, isn't it? Like Huddleston, Zakora and Mal Bronk in your engine room. You just <laughs> think, oh, 
you know, it's not exactly legs in the midfield, is there? So it's like no wonder they ran right a little bit that day. Gate yeah. and Dawson, there's not much pace there, is there? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> there we go. So you're right, it does show you how far we've come. So look, <laughs> gents, pleasure as always talking to you. Fingers crossed for more of the same after the Arsenal game. But remember, whatever does happen this week, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.